What's up, Ego Hackers? Welcome to C.S. Joseph Podcast. I'm your host, C.S. Joseph. Shout out to Chris Taylor for co-hosting uh, Acolyte Questions with me uh, this week. It's been really great to have him on the show. We're going to probably be having him more. Um, he's one of uh, the experts that we have on the C.S.J. team and our community manager uh, on our Discord. If you want to join our community Discord and learn more about typology, go to discord.gg forward slash Ego Hackers. Today's question... Uh, what is the difference between a unconscious developed INFJ versus a subconscious developed INFJ? Another octogram question. I'm so happy that uh, there's a lot of octogram questions coming in, which is pretty great. Uh, you get to have little mini previews of some of the content uh, before uh, the more in-depth uh, videos are actually uh, or episodes are released in the members area for the uh, journeyman members. If you want to become a journeyman member to get access to those awesome episodes, csjoseph.life forward slash members. So what is the difference? Remember folks, unconscious development versus subconscious development in terms of the octogram is based on whether or not a person is closer to their shadow pole versus their aspiration pole. And to actually know what those are, go to csjoseph.life, go to our blog or forward slash blog or forward slash content, and then uh, search for the temple wheels. John Bodine, did an amazing article explaining exactly what the temple wheels are. We also have uh, gone in depth discussing uh, the temple wheels how often, <laughs> very often, especially our temple related content uh, in season 18, Cognitive Mechanics, which is also available to journeyman members right now behind the paywall. So the only reason content like this is being brought here onto YouTube and the podcast is because an Acolyte member has basically uh, paid for the opportunity for all of us to learn. So let's give it, give it up for the Acolytes who are um, supporting this channel, keeping the lights on basically, and allowing us to continue to uh, conti uh, develop the science and build cutting edge software to make, everyone, make it easier on everyone to utilize the science as a result. So anyway, unconscious development and subconscious development. So when it comes to an INFJ, remember their cognitive origin is intimacy and connectedness. Intimacy and connectedness. That's, what they, that's the one thing out of life that they want the most. This is why INFJs and ESTPs like them, they both suffer from loneliness more than any of the 16 types. Of course, anyone can feel lonely. And trust me, I do sometimes. Uh, but the reality of the situation is, is that no one's going to feel it the hardest like in ESTPs and INFJs. This is why statistically ENF, or ESTPs and INFJs technically have the most sexual relationships throughout their life. Uh, my, my cousin Nick, who's an ESTP, like he's been with hundreds, hundreds of women, for example. He's also UDUF with his octogram. So it's really, really fascinating to see how that actually plays out uh, in his life and, and other people's lives as a result. But the shadow pole of these two types is known as idolization, also known as idolatry, right? Basically where they're putting their lover or a particular person, place or things, XYZ noun on a pedestal, right? 
They're putting on a pedestal and they idolize that person. And as much as they also idolize, end up idolizing themselves, which can also be a thing. But the thing is, is that it's ultimately to a point of servitude and serving a particular idol that they would have, right? That's what that means. That's where that comes from. That's what that's all about, right? They are literally committing idolatry. And that's what it is to be unconscious developed. Subconscious developed is a little bit different. That is objectification. They are objectifying themselves. They like to be treated like objects. They also objectify other people. And they often treat other people like objects. Which can suck. It could suck a lot. And... <laughs> You know, like uh, like Railgun, for example, she's subconscious developed, so she is all about objectification. But what's really interesting about the octogram, and we're actually be discussing this uh, in the next Cutting Edge episode. So the Cutting Edge episode, this will be a little preview for Cutting Edge podcast, which is only available to Journeyman members. And the February 2023 episode, we're going to be discussing... Um, we're going to be discussing how Octogram uh, works intrinsically, a little bit more about Octogram-related uh, compatibility in terms of relationships, but also how people utilize their human nurture, utilize their Octogram to help facilitate relationships in their lives and how they actually use their nurture to even choose their partners or from their point of view, from a neutral perspective, how that makes them, uh, well... How, how, how they can actually become happy in their relationships. Like, Octogram has a lot to do with that. Even, even if you're in a golden pair, even if you're in a natural pair. So we're gonna actually be exploring that and going deep into it. But, so don't, so don't miss that, check that out. But the point is, is that if someone's like, you know, subconscious developed, so they're closer to the objectification side of their temporal wheel, then they would like to be idolized by other people, basically which is pretty cool. And the opposite is also true. If you're unconscious developed and you are uh, idolization and putting other people on a pedestal, sometimes you would like to actually be objectified by other people. This is why sometimes from the context of sexual relationships, you know, you have certain people who are like ESTPs and INFJs and they end up making these crazy statements about like saying like, you know, sometimes I just want to be a pair of tits to my lover. And it's like, whoa, what? Or sometimes I just want to be nothing but a phallus to my lover. And it's like, okay, that, that's getting a little interesting. But again, that's kind of ultimately how objectification works. They want to be some kind of object. They're tired of being a human all the time. And they want to be like less human or treated less than a human so that they can actually appreciate more so what it's actually like to be human as a result. But in the context of INFJs, when it comes to unconscious development versus subconscious development, the INFJ who is unconscious developed, this is an INFJ who has basically been disabled in their childhood instead of enabled, right? An enabled one is subconscious developed, but the unconscious developed one is like they are basically being forced by their environment to idolize other people, basically. And so from their perspective, in order for them to have gotten their needs met as a child, they would basically have to get to a point where they were idolizing people in their own family or people within their environment or idolizing aspects of their environment in order for them to survive their painful and disabling environment, ultimately. And this is where they're able to utilize a high level of maturity, right? Versus someone who's been entirely enabled. 
And that enabling is subconscious development, where they're all about being objectified. Where people in their upbringing has basically objectified them, objectified them because and uh, because of how successful they were with their performance. Like this is like for example, like a take a like a, an INFJ athlete, a very successful INFJ athlete, right? And this successful INFJ athlete is able to be a better top performer than everyone else. No one can outperform them because their extroverted sensing inferior has gone aspirational, is very aspirational, and because of that high level of aspiration, they're a top performer. And their parents or their family or their childhood environment has rewarded this INFJ for being a top performer, and they've been a top performer consistently. Maybe they're an athlete, for example, you know, growing up as a child, right? And that's, that's pretty cool. It's pretty awesome that they do that. And they, they, and they had that familial support structure that would support them at every opportunity and cheer them on at every opportunity to within their top performance, even to the point of even objectifying the INFJ themselves, right? So they already see themselves as this top performer as a result of being subconscious developed. Versus the unconscious developed side, they've actually been seen as someone who doesn't perform well enough, right? This has caused them to actually develop their own form of maturity and get away from naivete because they know that what they've done really just wasn't really that good enough in the eyes of people you know, throughout their childhood, basically, which really sucks. It, it can be very painful. But then again, you know, sometimes they end up becoming unconscious focused, and that's an SDUF octogram variant of INFJ, and that that could be rough because all that support that they had for their top performance while they were young, all of a sudden is just taken away from them when they become an adult versus those who are able to sustain that high level of performance as well as the high level of praise that they're getting and potentially being objectified, you know, as an idol basically, right? In other people's eyes as a result of being a top performer in a sport or an art, you know, like, um, like Ed Sheeran, for example, he is an INFJ uh, recording artist, for example, he is subconscious developed, right? So that too ends up becoming very fascinating, you know, like in terms of like the differences between the INFJs, you know, as a result. But yeah, again, you just bring it back to childhood, you know, and potentially adolescence, but it's mostly childhood. I'd say 80% of it is childhood and then 20% of it is adolescence, you know, like, like for example, SDUF, you know, they had a great childhood, they were hella enabled, and all of a sudden they're a teenager, their parents don't know how to deal with them being a teenager anymore. Their parents assume that because of how immature their child is, you know, because their subconscious developed, all of a sudden take all that support away from them and then put on needless restrictions upon their teenager. Even though their teenager, INFJ, has not actually done anything wrong. So they, so then all of a sudden they have to become unconscious focused within their adolescence to deal with the fact that all of that subconscious development support that their childhood family was providing them all of a sudden was taken away from them instantly. And that's actually Railgun's experience as an ESTP with the same temple wheel as an INFJ. That's her experience. That's what she had to deal with, which really sucks because all of a sudden she became a teenager and then her parents went from enabling her to entirely disabling her at every opportunity that they could to the point of it being abusive, which was really sad, you know, for her to have to deal with. And, you know, my heart goes out to her with that kind of level of suffering that she's had to deal with as well. Versus, you know, from my perspective being UDUF, I didn't have it once 
And, you know, the UDUF people out there end up becoming like the biggest lone wolves of all the types because it's like the only person that's going to make my life happen is actually me. I can't rely on other people. Well, it's especially difficult for INFJs. The reason why is because they are affiliative and affiliative people, they want to be in a team. They want to feel like they belong to a group. They want to feel like they belong to a family, basically. And that too ends up becoming a huge problem because their family is ultimately not really sustaining what they had before with subconscious development because their family is literally afraid of them being a teenager. Or let's say they did have, they did have a great adolescence and then they still end up being an adult and then all of a sudden, boom, they're just kicked out and they're 18 and it's like, hey, I had all this support and then all the support is taken away from me, boom, it's out of the way. You know, so that ends up becoming a huge problem. So yeah. An unconscious developed INFJ, they're all about idolization or to the point of committing idolatry versus a subconscious developed INFJ is all about objectification, right? That's how you tell the difference between the two. If you want to learn more about that, read John Bodine's article concerning the temple wheels and look at the temple wheel that is relating to the cognitive origin of intimacy and connectedness. That's what it's all about. So anyway, folks, thanks for watching and I'll see you guys on the next episode.